I'm going to be telling you three investment locations, three hotspots, you could say, that you can invest in right now and that will give you some pretty, pretty, pretty amazing growth. I'll also talk about why data factors that no buyer's agent is going to tell you that you can find these investment locations through yourself. And I'm going to talk about one of the common myths that you don't need to make a decision or a trade-off between positive cash flow and growth, how to get the combination. Do you want to achieve wealth and passive income through property investing? PK Gupta, host of Oz Property Investment Mastery, will help you achieve passive income by buying top 5% growth and positive cash flow property and building a portfolio using data without you wasting months of time doing research, spending weekends at inspections, or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents each time. So if you are confused and overwhelmed by the amount of contradictory information available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Guys, let's get into it. So when Michael... Jordan, <laughs> um, bit off topic. When Michael Jordan, you know, started playing in the NBA, there were basically two types of players. There was offensive players, offensive players, you know, they're the ones who dunk the ball and everything like that. And then there were defensive players. Michael Jordan was both. When Mike Tyson, you know, started playing or started boxing, there was two types of fighters. There was lightweight and then there were heavyweight. Mike Tyson was both. He destroyed the competition. When Bill Gates, you know, created Microsoft, at that time, there were basically two types of tech companies. There was one type that were focusing more on hardware, you know, physical tech. And then there were another type that were focusing on software. All right. Bill Gates, Microsoft mastered both. And when Jeff Bezos started Amazon, basically there were two types of e-commerce strategies or e-commerce um, you know, companies. There was pure online, like eBay, and then there was pure offline, like Kmart or Walmart in the in the US example. Bezos mastered both. And so conventional wisdom tells us that you have to pick a side. Like in property, you have to pick either growth or positive cash flow. You have to become binary. You have to become dichotomous. But this couldn't be further from the truth, all right? This is, you know, the fact that one thing is right and the other thing is wrong. You know, there's this debate of, ah, you know, growth is everything. Without growth, what's the point? And then the other side of the equation, oh, I, all I want is passive income. I want positive cash flow. But if you, you know, you know, want $100,000 passive income, then how many positive cash flow properties are you going to need without them growing? It's not possible. But then it's not possible to buy five high growth properties that are all negatively geared by $10,000 per year. Here's the thing. Mike Tyson, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, you know, Michael Jordan, they mastered both. And if you want to develop a passive income, if you want to build a property portfolio, it doesn't need to be to the moon and 20 properties, but you know, three, four, five, six, seven properties, and actually be able to retire safely, comfortably, early to spend more time with kids or just do what you want to do, then you really need to become like these people and master both things, positive cash flow and high growth. And I'm going to give you three locations right now that will prove to you that both sides of the equation do exist, that you don't need to make trade-offs. And I'm going to give you these three locations. You can effectively turn this video off, you know, go and invest right now in these locations, but I don't recommend you do so. And I'll tell you in a second. So 
I know most of you just look at past growth, you just look at past yields, you just look at things like whether crime is low, you look at things that aren't really that consequential um, in terms of predicting growth. You're looking at the wrong factors. I've, I've got them here on my phone. So get a pad and pen and write these down right now. What you really need to be looking at is 30 to 35 factors that allow us to understand the balance of supply and demand. There's no one magic formula that will give this for us. We need to do it ourselves. So you need to look at factors such as stock on market percentages. You need to look at days on market trends. You need to look at online search interest ratios. You need to be looking at building approval percentages. You need to be looking at average vendor discounting percentages. You need to be looking at developable land supply schemes. You need to be looking at job advertisement trends. You need to be looking at mortgage affordability. You need to be looking at 30 to 35 factors. I can guarantee you, you probably never heard of half of these. Neither have buyers agents. This is what it requires, or this is what it takes to take all 15,000 suburbs, ignore states, ignore cities, go straight to the suburb level and Pick which fit your budget and which are positive cash flow and which will grow. Okay, this is the kind of data analysis it takes. You've got to ask yourself, you know, house prices only increase when demand outstrips supply. If it's taking someone two months, if it's taking them three months plus on average in a suburb to sell a property, is demand very high? Like, I, you don't even need to be a statistician to figure that one out. All right, guys, so let me cut to the chase. Let me give you three suburbs that my clients, my clients were investing in um, between one and three years ago. And now we've stopped investing there. You can invest in there now if you want. All of my clients will thank me because there'll be a, a surge of um, enhanced demand. But you can reverse engineer and see why it is that we invested in these locations. So location number one. The first one that I'm going to say is Orange. Orange, uh, New South Wales, postcode 2800. All right. And so when I look at somewhere like Orange, um, when we started investing there, I think it was about a year ago, prices were about $400,000. All right. So $400,000 here in Sydney, Melbourne, you guys, you don't need a million dollars to invest in property. Prices right now, a year later, about $500,000. This is smack bang in the middle of orange and all these factors that I mentioned to you just a few minutes ago they were all lining up like stars in the sky and when this happens and you know that prices will increase of course then once we've selected the suburb we need to select the right street the right pocket the right type of dwelling for both owner occupiers and renters but the suburb does the heavy lifting all right and get this that yield a year ago, when we were investing in Orange, was 5%. So 5%, New South Wales has manageable stamp duty, but notwithstanding that, 5% is positive cash flow. Now the yield is more looking like 4 or you know just above 4 So it's still neutral. You can still go ahead and buy there if you wanted to. We're not investing there anymore. Um, you know, we've taken the profits, we've taken that equity. You can invest there right now. It will still go up. You know, I'll... I'm accountable for these videos. You can assess in a year's time whether I was right or wrong. We've already made $100,000 in a year. You needed a about an $80,000 deposit 
um, to get into Orange, including all, all transaction costs a year ago, you would have made $100,000. That's more than 100% cash on cash. And you would have been making about three or four or five thousand dollars positive cash flow every single year. So, like that, that's one. That's one location. The second location that I know you guys are holding out for, um, that you can invest in right now, is um, da, 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 California Gully. California Gully. So, where's California Gully? It is in Bendigo. So. When we were investing in California Gully about two years ago, that's when we first started investing in California Gully. It's quite, quite central Bendigo. You could buy a house for about two fifty to eighty thousand dollars. Two fifty to eighty. You don't need more than you didn't need more than fifty thousand dollars to get in, right? And get this: the rental yield back then was six percent. You know that's huge. That's huge positive cash flow. Um, great money to be had. Now the, the the median value has gone from about 250, or you could say 260, 270, to about 380, 390 on the ground right now, July 2021. In one or two years' time, that is how much prices have grown. So once again, you know, you need about fifty thousand dollars to get in. In about 18 months, you've made a hundred thousand dollars. Growth, that's 200% return on investment just by growth. Take that equity out, you can buy another two properties. And it was positive cash flow the whole time. The whole time. All right, once again, the data lined up. And you're probably thinking, well, all right, well, these are all regional areas. I can't stomach that kind of risk, um, even though these are not risky areas at all. And P.S., these areas were growing before COVID started. So it's not just because of working from home and all that jazz. I know that's what you think. It's not. It's we were seeing the data line up even before COVID. Is more fundamental structural uh, reasons why these suburbs have grown. All right, so the third one, because you're kind of saying this is all regional, let's go to a capital city. Let's go to somewhere like um, like Adelaide. So in Adelaide, there's a suburb, Flagstaff Hill, postcode five one five nine, that we were investing in. Around a year ago, or just over a year ago, back then prices were about four eighty, four ninety thousand. Right now, in Flagstaff Hill, I'm looking here at my screen. They're about six twenty, six thirty. So just over a year, you've made once again more than hundred thousand dollars to buy a five hundred thousand dollar property in Flagstaff Hill. A year or eighteen months ago, you needed about a hundred k. All right, so capital city, slightly higher entry costs. You've made 100K um, equity, so 100% return on investment. Back then, about 18 months ago or a year ago, the, the yield of Flagstaff Hill was high fours, so more than neutrally geared, positively geared. Now it's more like 4%. But remember, even though right now the yield is dropping off, that's not affecting our yield or for, our, for my clients because the yield is calculated off their purchase price. So their yield, because rents have grown gone up since then as well, is more like 6%. The yield has come down because the purchase price has gone up, not because rents have come down. You know, yield is a combination of rents and purchase price. So because purchase price or median value has gone up, that's why yield has come down. But because rents have actually gone up in that time, actual purchase price yield for my clients, um, they're sitting on more than 6% right now from those purchases a year ago. 
And so if you look at the data, like you don't need to listen to me, you don't need to listen to buyers agents, you just need to understand the data and then you become self-sufficient, right? It's not hard to buy interstate. I've done so many videos on how to do that client um, interviews on how we buy interstate without catching flights. You can figure that out. And here's the thing, just like Bill Gates, just like Mike Tyson, just like um, Michael Jordan and Jeff Bezos, we didn't, we never make that distinction of positive cash flow versus high growth. You need both. If you want to build a portfolio, you need both of those things. And the highest performing property investors always get those two things. All right. That's how my portfolio is built. That's probably how most successful portfolios are built. Yes, it is. I wouldn't say harder. It is more rare. But that doesn't make it harder. If you have a scientific way to get there, you can get these types of properties. And here's the thing, like, how are off-market properties possible? Like, why would someone not list it if they could? There are umpteenth level of reasons or number of reasons why people would go off-market. Some of them are... You know, if they're, let's say, getting divorced and they, they just really need to just get this thing off their head, um, don't want to think about it. Another reason is they've already bought another property and they have a deadline to meet, so they can't be bothered or have the time to go through the sales process of listing it on real estate, etc. Another reason is because it costs money, three, four, five thousand dollars to actually list your property on domain or real estate. Another reason is because some people just don't want the foot traffic, people coming in, poking around their wardrobes and, and open for inspections, all these things. There are so many reasons why people don't want to list their property, why they would prefer to sell it off market. It's not that difficult. You can do this yourself. So go one better than Jeff Bezos, go one better than Michael Jordan, go one better than Mike Tyson, then Bill Gates, don't just get positive cash flow, don't just get high growth, get it off market as well, it's so much easier, and by getting it off market, you can get it under market value, who doesn't like a discount, I'm not saying that this, this method will get you $100,000 off the price, although I think our record is about $67,000, um, but even a $20,000, $30,000 discount, you know, you'd take it every day of the week. So that's the diamond, right? That's the diamond strategy. Positive cash flow, high growth, um, under market value, off market. And if you can wrap that up, buy something that you can add value to in the future. But one reason we buy established properties, not new properties, so we can add value. Subdivision, granny flat, renovation, etc. I'll, I'll leave that for another video. But hopefully that's brought you some value, guys. So I talked about the the data that you need to be getting. I, and this not from CoreLogic, by the way. I talked about why you should never make those dichotomies, those binary decisions. You should always strive for positive cash flow and growth. And I gave you three locations that you can actually go away. And I guarantee, guarantee, guarantee you... There's a disclaimer below about how this is not um, professional advice or personal advice, but I can tell you that these suburbs are not going backwards because the data is still incredibly strong.